Hello, Hello, Echo Church Online. Welcome to a life-giving local church where you'll find the friendship and support you've been looking for. Yes, um, at Echo, we want to help you find your place, your people, and your purpose. We believe this is what we're all seeking, and we can't wait to share it with you. Yes. Yeah. Please join us for our services at Mayo High School on Sundays at 9.15 or 10.45 a.m. We're eager to meet you and extend a warm welcome to the Echo Church family. Yes. Giving is a privilege and we believe it's worship unto our Lord. Yes. Yep. For those who wish to partner with us financially to impact Rochester, you have two convenient giving options today. First, you can visit our website where you can set up automatic reoccurring donations, allowing us to plan boldly and confidently for the future. Secondly, you can easily send a contribution via Venmo to We Are The Echo Church. We appreciate your kind and thoughtful investments. Enjoy, Enjoy Echo, Echo Online. Online. Come on. 
think about a home, that's how I like for you to see it, is you can put your bedroom in order, but then go into the living room and it's a whole different story. And what I want to do is I want to attack 2024 with intentionality. Come on, somebody. And what I want to do is I want to get certain areas of our life in order, in order to make our whole home put in order. Y'all get what I'm saying? If you know someone that needs to hear this message, say amen. <laughs> I'm just indicting yourself on that one, but uh, <clears throat> you can speak for yourself. Uh, but as I was seeking the Lord and, and I was just uh, reading some scripture this week, I stumbled upon Proverbs 14.1. It says, Lady Wisdom builds a lovely home. Sir Fool comes along and tears it down brick by brick. When I read that, I thought about my home. I think about how Lady Wisdom and my beautiful wife comes in and she cleans up and she, she just makes everything so spick and span. And then I come up behind her and bring all the crumbs. Come on, somebody. Uh, anybody else relate to that at all? Like, like I, I think the writer of Proverbs just truly understood my family and they wrote it in mind, you know. But really, uh, I want us to be full of wisdom, as we try to build our metaphorical home, okay? Now, when you say home, like some of you are like, well, I don't own a home, I live in an apartment. Yes, I know that. What I'm saying is we all have this home. We have this life that we can build. So why not start doing it today? So look at your neighbor again and say, get your blank in order. In 1957, an ambitious project of creating a global, significant architectural masterpiece began and it was estimated to cost $8 million. A Danish architect, Jorn Utsen's vision was selected, promising a unique and breathtaking structure. However, as the construction progressed, technical challenges and budget constraints surfaced, leading to tensions between Utsan and the government. And in 1966, Utsan ultimately resigned. Despite their setbacks and res a resilient team of architects and engineers continued the construction and finally 19 in 1973, costing over $77 million, the Sydney Opera House of Australia was unveiled. Standing as an iconic symbol and an expensive one as well. <laughs> I think that this story could illustrate our life. So often we, we, we jump into tomorrow with no plan in mind or somewhat of a plan. And I just kind of wonder, I wonder, 26, if God has a different plan for us, that, that with our intentionality to lean in and, and allow God to speak, I wonder where we just might go. 
Let's lean into Jesus' teachings today in, in Luke chapter 14, verse 28 through 30. Jesus is teaching his disciples and those that are listening uh, about getting their plan in order. That's the blank today. Get your plan in order. The scriptures say this. Is there anyone here who planning of building a new... Uh, who, I'm going to say it again. If, if, is there anyone here who planning to build a new house doesn't first sit down and figure out the cost, count the cost, so you'll know if you can complete it? If you only get the foundation laid and then run out of money, you're going to look pretty foolish. Everyone passing by will poke fun at you. He started something that he cannot finish. Now, I think about like today's unique financial scenarios and, and all the challenges that we've seen in the last five years. And, and I don't know if you know this, but if you were building a brand new house in 2019, it would cost approximately $100 to $150 per square foot to complete your beautiful brand new house. But in 20. 24. It is estimated that it will cost anywhere from 230 to up to $350 per square foot to complete that home. How many are glad to hear that good news today at church? I mean, how many are planning on doing that? I mean, there's so many, so many things that are, that are pressing against us, you know, culturally and financially. And, 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 and if you have ever, I mean, if you tried to build a house in the last few years, you completely understand that you may have a plan in place, but it may cost something completely different. And so as we talk about coming up with a plan and, and leaning into our faith and leaning into our relationship with Jesus. I just believe that, that God can bring clarity, that God can bring direction where we cannot do it ourselves, that we cannot see clearly, and therefore we need God. And so as builders of our life, as someone that, that wants to become aware of the plan and the purpose that God has for my life, I believe there's a few things that we can pull out of this scripture to apply to our everyday, ordinary life. And, 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 and the first thing is this. If we're going to come up and we're going to come up with the plan and we're going to hear from God, then what we need to do is sit down daily. If we're going to hear the plan from God, we need to sit down daily. In fact, let me say it like this. Start the day right it's called rhythm. It's, it's, it's called uh, priority. It's called intentionality. John Maxwell is quoted in saying, you'll never change your life until you change something you do daily. The secret of your success is found in a daily routine. Here's the issue. We're too busy. We're too busy and we get so caught up on the task and, and, and the to-do list and, and, and what is next that so often we wake up and we're running right away. But, but what I'm trying to tell you this, if we're, what I'm trying to tell you is this, is we need to pause, we need to sit down and we need to listen to what God wants to tell us daily. How many ever tried to run the play during, the, during a day? And at the end of the day, you realize you've accomplished zero. 
<laughs> I've done that on a few occasions where, where man, I, I wake up with some ambition. I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to get this off my to-do list. And at the end of the day, like nothing has been checked off. It is one of the most demoralizing days of my life when I do that, which I know some of you relate. I want to tell you this is sometimes your rhythms turn into ruts. And I think the beginning of the year is an opportunity for us to switch it up, to stir it up, to, to do something different that we haven't done in the past. In fact, as I think about like the rut and some of the rhythms that I'm in, I even think about my whole approach of seeking God in the morning. I've been recently feeling tension because it has become so normal that I feel like once again, I've got to stir it up a little bit to allow God to speak to me in a unique way. Because when you become familiar with your day, you become familiar with your context or your situation. So often what happens what happens so often is this, is you get distracted, right? You get so distracted and, and so turned. And so it just takes sometimes flipping it upside down. And that's why I love the beginning of the year because it's this opportunity to just turn the box upside down and spill it all out and to start fresh and that's why I want to uh, bring attention to what we're going to do over the next 21 days. As you walked in here, most, if not all of you, received uh, 21 days of prayer and fasting. And although some of you have never fasted, I believe every single one of you have prayed at some point. And, and I just want to encourage all of us to, to jump on the bandwagon and to start your day right. When it comes to prayer and fasting, what I love about the concept is this, is when it comes to fasting specifically, what I think is, is this, is that there is a power of saying no to something so you can say yes to a whole different thing. And so when I fast, I typically say no to, to food or, or some of those distractions that I have, and I say yes to God. And so often as I'm saying yes to God, he speaks and he directs and he leads, and I'm hoping for the same thing for this church. I'm hoping this for you, and, and, and so this is, this, this is all I really want you to do. Would you start your day with this? Would you start your day at day one and, and open up Proverbs 1, 23, and, and read it slowly, literally sit down with that scripture, read it slowly, read it first, and then meditate on the principle, meditate on the concept, and then turn around and pray it back to God. I wonder if our 2024, the month of January and into February would look differently if we switched it up. I was in Charleston uh, about a month ago, maybe a little bit over at this point. Time flies when you're having fun, you know what I'm saying? And uh, when I was there, I was getting a tour of the property that we were staying on. And there was two really large ponds. And as we were passing them, they told me, I believe it was, uh, that there was crocodiles in the pond. And from the north, how many of you know that if they say there's a crocodile, you're like, okay, I am aware. I don't know what, there is about, uh, what it is about us northern people, but we're fine with negative 30, but we're not fine with crocodiles. Like we are aware, you know? And uh, I just remember sitting there and, and, and just like processing through that as, pa as I was walking past uh, and, and along really the shore of these ponds, completely aware of what might be lurking below or beside. Um, but did you know that crocodiles uh, are, are able to go underwater for more than two hours at a time? Which 
didn't make me feel much better about my circumstances in that scenario. And, and, uh, and, and the way they do it is because they slow down their heart rate. They pause and they conserve oxygen and their energy. Energy. See, crocodiles are known as ambush predators, and that's why if we're from the north, you don't like them. Their hunting behavior is, is best defined as opportunistic. They look for that opportunity. They wait for that opportunity. They spend considerable time motionless in the water along the riverbanks and patiently waiting for potential prey, like Andy, to come within striking distance. And when hunting, they exhibit bursts of energy to catch their prey, which might involve a short but intense period of activity. And I'm just wondering if we could be more like the crocodile in 2024, that we'd be way more intentional on how we're spending our energy or conserving it. And I just wonder if we would start our days and we would just pause in order to press play better later because we step on and into the right opportunity at the right time. I wonder if we could be more like the crocodile. See, I feel like we miss so many opportunities because we feel like we've got to keep working and we've got to keep busy and we've got to keep moving instead of waiting for that opportunity. See, my big idea is this. I think this year it's time to switch it up and start our day by sitting down, slowing down, and intentionally shaping our day. See, God has a plan for you. My simple question is this. When was the last time you paused long enough to ask him about it? If I can say it very simply, could we apply this principle, slow and then go? Look at your neighbor and say, slow and go. Slow and go. Consider this. Sit down and shape your day tomorrow. Shape your week. Shape your month and shape 2024. This might be personally. This could be professionally. It could be a great practice to apply to your family as you are trying to be an intentional follower of Jesus, not just trying to live into your own kingdom, but to present God's kingdom as he desires you to do so. The second observation that I made in the story, and in in, in really in the story and the illustration that Jesus was using, is not only is God calling us to sit down, he's wanting us to estimate the cost of his plan for your life. See, uh, Jesus' story emphasizes on the importance of estimating the cost. This builder began, but he was not able to finish because he didn't estimate the cost properly. And when we commit to doing something, it's going to cost you more than you expect. I promise you that. Let me illustrate it like this. How many of you signed up for a gym membership for 2024? Not only will it cost you money to set up that monthly reoccurring uh, membership, but we know what it's going to cost you. It's going to cost you your time. It's going to cost you your energy. It's going to cost you some relational investment because you're going to have to wake up early in the morning or you have to go later at night and you're going to have to put different relationships in priority in order to use that membership. 
And for some of you who are like, well, I bought a membership. I just haven't been at the gym yet. Well, then what it's going to cost you is this, a little bit of guilt and a little bit of shame. Because you're investing so much into that monthly membership. And now it's, guess what? It's a psychological thing. It's going to cost you something. And a lot of times it's going to cost you so much more. So as we step into our relationship with Jesus in 2024 and your relationship with others and as we lean in and we ask the Holy Spirit to speak to us, I just want to just make it really clear. It's probably going to cost you more than you anticipated. But the cost is worth it because I want to finish what I start. Although it may cost me more, I want to be a person that, that, that finishes what I start. Anybody else out there like that? You want to finish what you started. That's why it's so important to pause, to slow down, to listen to God and the Holy Spirit as he guides you, as he speaks to you, as he helps you come up with your plan, if it's daily or weekly, yearly, or maybe career-wise, because it's so important to fully hear what he's trying to direct you in so that when it costs you more, you're faithful in that moment. The third thing that I want to practically suggest is this, is it would help us all to get some advice, to get a coach, to get a mentor, and to get advisors. Proverbs 15, 22 says this, plans fall for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors, they succeed. So some of you are like, well, who could be my coach? Well, maybe a family member. I mean, some of you, like, dude, you, sorry for calling you dude, you have an amazing family with people that are, that are blood relatives that have done so many great things and you've got built-in mentors and coaches and advisors. And you know what? If you are that person, amazing. Good for you. But for the rest of us, for the rest of us, we need to be intentional to find that coach, to find that mentor, to find those advisors. And so what are some qualities that we should look for in a coach, a mentor, or advisor? The first thing is this, is look for someone that's ahead of you. Now, yes, there's, there's some, some, some great advice to find someone that's ahead of you, like way ahead, but there's probably better advice to find someone that's just a few steps ahead of you. And you know what? I actually think that this type of um, coach or advisor, it's, it's, it's one of those people, uh, they're actually, let me say it like this, there isn't this one person that can fit for every little area of your life. In fact, we all need multiple people speaking in different ways and, and different expertise in order to propel us forward. Y'all get what I'm saying there? So like, there's just no superhero out there. I, I just hate to break it to you. That's going to meet every requirement of a perfect coach that has done everything you want to accomplish in the future. And if you found that person, please introduce me to them because I would love to meet them. I'd like to ask them to be my coach. But what I found is when we were planting this church we had got connected with the Association of Related Churches and what they were really great at doing was connecting with us, connecting us with people that were just a few steps ahead of us. And I'm telling you what, those people, because of our intentions and our, connected, our connectivity and our, our willingness to reach out for help, man, they made 
a humongous difference in, in what we started. And as you know now as Echo Church, because people were just a few steps ahead of you. Now, the second thing that we should consider when it comes to a coach, a mentor, or an advisor is that they're successful. Come on, somebody. But let me say it like this. Be careful what you define as successful. Because I know what the world says. I know what TikTok says. I know what YouTube is saying. I know what Instagram says as success. And, and honestly, you know what I think defines success is seeing how people navigate through their failure. It's not looking for the perfect person. It's looking for someone that has failed a few times but has fallen forward has failed forward. And, and so as you're looking for successful persons, guess what? Make sure you define success correctly. And as I think about someone that's been very successful in their life, it's not a person that, that has led a church and, led, led and made it into a mega church or, or has, has done all these crazy accolades. No, what he's done is he has been successful and faithful in the little things that God has given him. And his name is Bruce Calise. And I'm so thankful for my friend and my mentor and the overseer of Echo Church because guess what? He still loves Jesus. He hasn't given up on people. He loves his family. And oh, by the way, his family loves him back and he's still married. Come on, let's hear it for Bruce Calise. You may never read an article about him. You may never be able to, to see a short little video or some amazing thing written about him in, in a massive newspaper. But guess what? He has made the world of difference in my life. He's one of my heroes. And he's extremely successful. The third thing when we're looking for a coach is look for one that is honest. And as we lean into their advice... Ask them to tell you the truth, even when it hurt, hurts. I've had the opportunity to mentor and coach other individuals, and, and there are some circumstances where, where people will ask me for my advice, and I just feel so compelled to be a person, person of truth that, that there has been some things that I have told them that it's hard for me to say because I know the ramifications of how they might hear it and what they might think about me and some of the saddest scenarios that I've been in is when, when, when people react to some of the negativity and say, well, everybody else is saying yes. And when I hear that kind of circumstance, I get concerned because if, you have only, if, if all you have is yes people in your life, you don't have the right mentors. And you may not have the right coaches. See, we should have truth tellers around us and we should welcome the truth in our life even when it hurts. And that's why I am thankful for Doug Bichine. He's one of our, over, or one of our uh, board of directors on this, on this church. And, I, and what, I've, what I've appreciated about him is he may not speak a ton, but when he speaks, I listen. And when he speaks, it, it's out of a depth of knowledge. And even though it's not something I want to hear all the time, it is a welcome piece of advice. We need coaches that tell the truth. Lastly, if you're going to find a good coach, that person has to be available. Speaking about availability, I have a joke for you. In the past, I planned a date with this girl at the gym, but she didn't show up. And I may be dense, but that's when I figured out we weren't going to work out. She wasn't available. <laughs> it's 
It's a bad joke. I don't have any good, good ones. But I'm so thankful for my, my friend Joe Driver, Pastor Joe Driver, who planted Echo Church, Echo Life Church down in Pensacola. And he's just a couple years ahead of us in their church plan. And I call this guy about every week, asking him a different question about a different scenario. And I am just so thankful that he is available. So if you're gonna find a good coach, you gotta find someone that's ahead of you. You gotta find someone that's successful. You gotta find someone that's willing to be truthful and honest. And then find someone that is available. Some of you are like, well, that sounds difficult to find. It might be. But you know what I actually think? I think it's actually more difficult to be a good mentee. So let me give you just three pieces of advice to be the best mentee, right? Like someone worth being invested in. Uh, Your responsibility in this relationship, number one is this, is don't ask them to invest in you and then leave it on their table to do so. Anybody, come on, can we just be honest? Has anybody ever done that? Like you've approached someone and said, man, I want your voice in my life. I want your advice. And then all of a sudden, like a month later, you don't hear anything from them. Well, it's because it was your responsibility to follow up on that. How about number two? Coupled on, on, on follow through, right? Number two, and it's similar, but a little bit different, is you make the effort and then you choose to listen and actually apply what they're saying. It's my awkward laugh a little bit because there have been so many scenarios where people ask my advice and they do the exact opposite, which is fine because I'm human and I'm okay with that. And I get like, I don't have all the best advice in the world, but I'm telling you what, if you ask someone to be your mentor, it would do you well to apply and actually hear what they're saying. At least don't do the opposite. And then lastly, if you're gonna be a good mentee, Be generous to them in unique ways. Learn to say thank you. Learn to show your appreciation. Verbalize what you like, what they are like about what they say. It's as simple. Let me just mess with you guys a little bit. Do you appreciate your youth leaders? Do you appreciate Pastor Isaiah and Lizzie? Aren't they absolutely amazing? Then say it. Write it. Last time I checked, y'all got thumbs. Like literally take your phone out right now. I'm giving you permission. Text them and, and, and remind them how amazing they are and how you appreciate them. You know, they buy you coffee. They buy you, uh, they buy you lunch because I see the receipts that are, that are handed in. How about you buy them lunch? Appreciate them. And if you're 45 or older and you're, you're having a hard time, so your thumb's a little bit bigger than the, the screen at this point, guess what? Dictate it. It's not that hard. And sometimes, guess what? It may not say what you said, but guess what? That brings humor to your life. Appreciate those who are investing in you. Put that part of the plan. A mentor-mentee relationship is not a one-sided 
aspect or one, one, one lane road. It is dualistic. And I'm telling you what, the pr- people I'd appreciate that I get to, to rub uh, shoulders with, if they're mentors or I'm the mentee, it's a two-way street of investment. And I'm telling you what, your 2024 could be completely different than any year and previously if you make the effort. You listen and you appreciate what they're telling you. I don't know about you, but I want to finish what I started. I think about the Sydney Opera House in Australia, and it took 16 years to complete. It was never intended to take that long. And what I want to do is I want to be a people that come up with a plan, that hear the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, have your way, not 16 years down the road, but have it today. Help me be faithful. Help me finish what I started. Jesus, we love you and we thank you that you are good. Jesus, I thank you that you sent your Holy Spirit to this earth to be our helper, to be our guide, to be the one that would help us plan our life, that you would reveal our purpose. And it wasn't just an idea that would happen once in a while, but it could happen today and it could happen tomorrow and it can happen within this next month and this next year. I'm just praying that there are, uh, there's a church full of people that got, are, are sitting at the edge of their seat and they're just willing to be used by you. Holy Spirit, would you Reveal your plans. Many are our plans, but perfect are your purposes. Have your way in our life. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, is God good? Yes. I go to church, stand up. Every week we pray a prayer. It's what we call the surrender prayer. Some of them, some people call it a salvation prayer. I call it as a great plan to follow for the rest of my life. And so someone may have walked into the space, you've never prayed a prayer like this and I just want to invite you to make this a daily thing, a weekly thing, a monthly thing, a yearly thing where we surrender and we give Jesus our all because we know we can't plan our way but Jesus can lead us down that road. Let's pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers and I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me, forgive me, and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority. Amen. Let's seek the Lord. Beyond what I want
beyond what I see The change from my world beginning in me I'm holy surrendered Lord do what you will in me Just make me over so this life is in
here in my career and I'm surrounded by all these crazy successful people and I was talking to one of the guys the only guy I knew in the whole room and he was incredibly successful and I said you know he goes I, th- I said this to him I said I think I'm the least successful person in the room and he looks at me and he's like really straight face like just I guess it kind of depends on how you measure success doesn't it I still to this day think about that all the time guess it kind of depends on how you measure success. I love the way Pastor Andy said that today. Now listen, I don't know what success looks like in your life, but I have an idea for the next 21 days. I think success in your life could look like starting the day with no more than three verses, so no pressure, but just spending some time with God over the next 21 days. And let's see what God does. When we are deliberate, I believe God meets us. And 21 days is a pretty short amount of time to see God move. And I'm willing to bet, I'll give you your money back if if not, but I'm willing to bet that in 21 days you will see a change in your life. 21 days. Now listen, if you forget tomorrow, that doesn't mean you're out, okay? It means you start on Tuesday. God loves Tuesdays too. New things start on Tuesdays, not just Mondays. So just for the next 21 days, let's take a step out and let's trust God to do something cool in our lives because he's kind of in the business of doing cool things. Now, one of the things we love to do here at church is we love to celebrate. We love to celebrate those that are here for the very first time. Can we give it up for those people? Come on. Listen, if you came to church for the first time and it's like 77 below zero, we are hyped to have you. That is so rad. Uh, That is awesome. That's really cool. I I come to church every week and I love church, but I still this morning was like, do I really want to go to church? So if you came for the first time today, that's awesome. Also, let's celebrate those that said the prayer for the very first time today. Come on. Yeah. All right. Now, when you leave this building and your face hurts, just be reminded that we love you. We're so glad you're here. We can't wait to see you next week. Have a great week, everybody.